0: How many of you love the word of God? We're going to get into it today. The word of God changes us from the inside out. It's like a sword. It's like a scalpel. It gets the things out of us that would hurt us and it puts the good stuff in us that blesses us. How many of you want some of that? Let's go to Hebrews, Hebrews 11:6. Hebrews 11:6. It says, "But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. He who comes to God must believe that he is. Say that with me. He who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, your reward is connected in the faith that you have in who God is. Your reward that you receive is connected by the faith that you have in his name. It's one thing to hear his name. It's another thing to experience who he is and to come into faith. See, the problem is we have these preconceived ideas about God that really don't line up with his words. We, we wouldn't admit it, but subconsciously we see God in certain ways that don't even line up with his word. How many of you want to get all those preconceived ideas out? And begin to get the right perception of God so God will begin to bless us. How many of you want that? Because when you believe who he is, God will begin to bless you. There's a reward. And so when we see him, and we don't just say words, but we come into faith with who he is, there's something supernatural that happens on the inside of us. See, Isaiah gives us these names of God, a child that's going to be born, and it really depicts Who Jesus is. It depicts who the father is. Let's read that in Isaiah 9, 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. How many of you know he's a Wonderful Counselor? Mighty God. How many of you know that he's mighty in us, he's mighty around us, and he's mighty through us? We're going to highlight this name right here. We're going to focus on this right here. Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. Write that down. The title of this message is Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Tap four people around you and say, he's an everlasting father. He's an everlasting father. You know what's crazy? You know what's wild is that God brought a star so that wise men, and shepherds would see this child. How weird is this? They would see this baby, and they would know that this baby would be their everlasting father. How weird is that? And how awesome is that? They are coming to see a child. They're seeing a child that they know is going to be their father. I mean, this is this is a new thought. This is a new thought that Jesus, God in the flesh, is a father. He's a father. And I don't know if you have a good relationship with your father or a bad relationship with your father or or not one at all. But I can tell you the primary purpose that Jesus came on the earth was to demonstrate who the father is. The primary purpose that Jesus came on the earth for was to demonstrate who the father is. He said in John 14, he said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Anyone that has seen me has seen the Father. The disciples wanted to know how to pray and he said, this is how you pray. This is how you pray right here. Started it out like this, our Father. How many of you glad that we don't have a God up in heaven that's just a boss, but we have a God in heaven that's a Father. We don't have a God in heaven that's just a judge, but we have a God in heaven that is a father. He said, when you come to me, I want you to come to me with this revelation because it is a revelation. It is an experience that God is our father. Now it's one thing to say it, it's a whole other thing to believe it. Psalms 103 says, the Lord is like a father to his children. Tender. And compassionate to those who fear him. In other words, the word to fear him is to honor him. When you honor him, you experience his compassion and his grace. Man, when you honor God as your father, you experience compassion. How many of you need some compassion sometimes? How many of you need some grace sometimes? When you acknowledge God and honor God as your father, you experience compassion and grace. See, some people have a revelation that Jesus is their Savior, but they never step into the revelation that Jesus is their Father. They can, see, there, there are some fruits that come from your life when you believe He's a Heavenly Father to you, to you. There's fruit that comes in your life, and there is evident fruit, there's evident fruit in your life when you don't really believe He's your Heavenly Father. You know, the enemy wants to work overtime to try to uh, paint a picture of God that's not true. And he doesn't want you to acknowledge that he is your father. Because when you acknowledge that he's your father, then you become a child. And when you become a child, that means you're set up for an inheritance. How many of you know that you receive an inheritance today because you believe that he is your everlasting father today? That he is your father today. Don't wait to get to heaven to get your inheritance. There are people that believe that he's their savior. And yeah, God saved me, I'm going to go to heaven. I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. But there are few people that step into the faith that he's their father. And man, when you see how good a father is, and you see how good God is, then you can't help but to be changed on the inside out. How many of you know it takes some humility to acknowledge God as your father because we want to be self-efficient, but we were made to be God-dependent. We want to be self-sufficient, so I'm older now. So you you might be older and you're not reliant on your earthly father, and that's okay because that's the natural progression of things. But God always wants you to be reliant with our heavenly father. See, we want to be self-sufficient, I'm going to do it my way, I'm going to get it how I need to get it, and I'm going to be self-sufficient. God's saying, no, you were made to be childlike, to come into humility, to be God-dependent. And when you start to let go and give things to God and know that He's your Father, you're going to live in another level of peace. You're going to live in another level of joy. It's one thing to know that God can save you out of trouble. It's another thing to know that God can bless you because he's a father. It's another thing to have faith that he's going to bless me now. He's looking out for me. He's watching over me. He's a good father. How many of you want to receive that today? I believe that God is going to speak to some of you today. Heal some, maybe some areas in your heart where, um, You might not have a great relationship with your father. Maybe your your father's past. I believe God's going to begin to fill your heart today with his presence. Do Do you believe that? Let's pray today. If you feel comfortable, just lift your hands. Let's pray. Say this with me or after me. Say, Jesus, show me who you are. Let me see that you're an everlasting father. And that I am your beloved child. Lord, touch me today. Change me by your word. Let your Holy Spirit change my mind, my emotions, and my will. So that I can look more like Jesus. If you believe it, give God a hand today. (laughs) Come on, give him a shout today. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. How many of you, how many parents do we have out there? Any parents? You're proud parents. Any proud parents? How many of you are like the soccer mom parents that puts like the stickers on the back of the van of how many kids you have and how many dogs and cats and all that? You're just like, you're emphatic. You're crazy parents. How many of you, wave your hand if you have like one or two children. Wave your hand. Give them a hand. God bless them. How many of you have three or four children? Wave your hand. Come on now. How many of you have four or more children? Just stretch your hands towards those people that live. Lift, lift, stretch your hands towards them. Let's pray for them. God bless them. Give them peace in this season. Kids are a blessing, am I right? Kids are incredible. And, you know, I think that when you have your first child, there's something in you that, that changes forever. There's something in you that will never be the same when you have your first child. I, I remember having uh we have three, Lee and I, and uh Ali, Noah, and Honor. But I remember uh Ali showing up on the scene, and uh man, I just wanted to take care of him. I wanted to protect I I was thinking, wait, this little human comes home with me. And there is this little human is in our care. Do you remember the ride home after you maybe the wives didn't <laughs> maybe you're still out of it. but do you remember driving home with your first child? I mean, there was this sense of like I got to slow it down. I got to be a little more careful. you know what I mean I can't be pulling I can't right when it hits red. I can't be swerving in, into other lanes and, and peeling out. Something's changed. I've got Leah likes to say precious cargo in the in the car. <laughs> Whenever I'm tempted to look at my phone or who's calling, she's like, remember you got precious cargo in the car. But we something changes. Somebody said amen to that. Don't text and drive. (laughs) It's something that's in us that like we want from the day that our kids are born, we we just want to be protective. I mean, you remember the first time a little snotty-nosed kid hit your kid? Come on, somebody there was something in you that was like, I'm going to have to slap the child or the parent. I don't know which one, but somebody's going to have to get slapped. It's just, you know, like somebody bites your innocent little kid and you're like, oh, it's war, right? Because there's this protective thing in us, especially the first child. The first child, like the child like coughs the wrong way. You're bringing them to the hospital, you know. (laughs) The second child, they can barely breathe and you're like, he's all right. You know what I mean? (laughs) It is, it's one of those things that, I don't know if you're like me, but, but I am one of those, those crazy dads, I'm one of the crazy fathers, like I'll just show up at school and just watch them through the window. Alright, maybe I need some help, maybe I, maybe, maybe I need to see a counselor, but I, I go there and I'll just watch them, like how are they doing, how are they doing. Remember the first time you dropped your kid off of school? You know that feeling of like, man, I hope they're, they're they're gonna enjoy it. I hope I hope they you know fit in and, and be able to make friends. You know that feeling? And and, and God, God can kind of be the same way. Remember just watching your kid sleeping? Yeah, you're that parent. Don't say that you're not that parent. That you go in the room and you just see that kid sleeping and you're like, man, I will do whatever to protect this child. How many of you 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 embarrass your child every time they play a sport? you're on the court you're yelling at the refs. you know you're calling the ref like an ugly zebra you know what I mean you're, you're you're into it you're you're protective you're that crazy dead I would when Noah played basketball I was like yelling at the practices you know what I mean I was like get up boy gonna go slap him get get rid of him get the but you know what I mean? are you that kind of parent anybody it's because you have this protective thing in you, and, and you know, if your kid is sick, you drop anything. I don't care if you had the most, you know, uh, wonderful thing planned, you were meeting with the president. If your child was sick or in trouble, you're dropping it. You're dropping it and you're going after them. Why? Because there's this thing in us, there's this protective thing in us, that there is sacrifice when it comes to your children. There's this sacrifice of man. I don't care what's going on right now. I'm going. Out, I can only think about that one child. Anybody experience that? Did you know that God is like that as a father, as a shepherd? What, what does the Bible said say? It says that if you had a hundred sheep and one went astray, he would leave the ninety-nine. Now, this is not a big or a good business plan to leave ninety-nine sheep that are is producing for you and go after the one. But God, he's that crazy father. He's that obsessed father that when you're sick, when you're going through trouble, when you're just in your day-to-day life, he's watching you, man. He's that crazy dad. He's that crazy father that that is looking over your life and inspecting your life, and he's saying, I don't care what I got to do, I'm going after the one. See, isn't it beautiful that you are the one, you are God's favorite? God has no favorites, but you're his favorite. You know, there, there's unique qualities in all of us because he made all of us and he sees us all equal. He loves us equally. And he would drop anything in a second to give it all for us. Isn't that what he did on the cross? He dropped it all. He dropped it all. He gave it all for us. You know, when you become a father, when you become a father, there's this thing that you want to provide for him. You want to provide Remember when the first child you had, you were like, I got to get rid of this crazy job. You know, I can't be working this job anymore. I need to get a real job, <laughs> right? Because you're like, I I, I I, need to provide for my family. There's this, this nature in us that wants to provide and to sacrifice. I remember when Lee and I uh, first got married, I had a sports car. I loved this car. It was uh, it was just a it was stick shift. You listen, don't get a don't get a sports car and not get a stick shift, please. You're cheating. Pastor Paul knows what I'm saying. You're cheating. Anyway, I love this car. I loved uh, hugging the roads, and I, loved, I would wash it. You ever got a new car and you'd wash it and just look at it? Are you just sit in it? You're not even driving it. You're just you know you take a picture of it and you look. But but when that first kid came along, the car had to go. The the car had to go because there's no sacrifice too large for your children. Some of you have stepped down to the minivan. I mean, look at your sacrifice. Look at you, Michael, with your automatic doors and your Disney trips. You're crazy. You're crazy. You were cool at one time, and then you got a minivan and ruined it all. He loves it. And we love it because it helps our kids. Am I right? Everybody knows that we have this responsibility of protecting. I remember when Noah was little, he had to be like four years old. And I was like, man, I got to teach him every little thing because we, you know, we have a kind of a busy road uh, out by us sometimes. And, and so I wanted to teach him how to cross the street, you know. And I was like, listen, you gotta look both ways before you cross the street. Look both ways and 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 before you go out. So I would say, All right, let's cross the street. he wouldn't look look both ways. So we'd have to step back and he would do it again. Let's cross the street. And he looked both ways and he saw a dead squirrel right, right next to us. And he said, Dad, what, what's up with that squirrel? I said, Well, well, son, the, that squirrel, that squirrel died. He was like, What do you mean? Because at a, a four-year-old mind, you can't really fathom what death really is, and he said, "Well, the squirrel's it's dead. So is it going to wake up in a little bit? No, the squirrel is not alive. Is it going to go back to its parents? No, the squirrel's not alive." And he said, "Why? Why is he not alive?" And I wanted to teach him in this moment. And I said, "Because, son, he didn't look both ways." <laughs> you know, you'll take time to teach your kids. You'll take time to discipline your kids because you love your kids. Am I right about it? I mean, some of my favorite time is in the morning bringing my kids to school and doing a devotional with them and hearing the innocent things that they have to say about God. I love Noah told me, he said, you know what, Dad? You know, I love you. And I said, I know you love love me. He said, but you know I love God more, right? And I said, I know you do. There's something in a father that you want to you wanna teach them the right thing. You want to you want to be able to uh you want you want them to learn because you know that there's a great inheritance for them. You want something greater that, than you even had. Am I right about it? You you want that and so so it it's not difficult to discipline out of love because you're trying to teach them. Right? How many of you know that if you don't discipline your kids something's wrong? Yeah, somebody <laughs> somebody has a youth in here. That's clapping. <laughs> Look, there are certain things like, hey, you know, you take the electronics away. Hey, you're not playing today. But there are certain things when there needs to be a pop on the butt. You know what I mean? And if your kid's laughing at you when you pop on the butt, you ain't doing it right. If you're popping your kid on the butt and they turn around and laughed, you <laughs> wasted your time. Come on, somebody. It's biblical. If you love your kid, then discipline them. If you love your kid, then then not in anger, but to sit them down and say, "Listen, you lied. We don't do that in this house. Lying's a big deal. You got to teach them young. Am I right about it? Lying's a big deal. Wait, you lied. There's one thing that you—it's one thing if you just forgot some instruction, you know. But there's a wait. You lied. Wait, you disrespected your mom. There are some things that you have to teach and say. Listen. I love you. Don't, didn't you love it when your parents said that? I love you, so I'm going to spank you. <laughs> it doesn't really make that much sense. But, but it is it is a part of the father that says, listen, I gotta, I've got to teach you. And a father's job is to even discipline us. And look, God says, hey, he disciplines those that he loves. It doesn't mean that he brings down tragedy on you. I wouldn't say, Noah, you lied to me, so go put your hand on a stove. <laughs> you lied to me, I'm going to stomp your toe. No, I'm going to say, listen, there's going to be, I want you to just learn a lesson and turn. Come on, sometimes we have a perception of God that he's 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 trying to put us through hell. You got to know that there's an enemy that wants you to go through hell. God just wants you to get out of the things that's not right in your life. To say, you know what, God, I'm wrong. I'm sorry, I'm turning. How does God discipline us? He disciplines by our spirit. He says, you know that's not right. You feel it. You know that's not right. And does he use circumstances? He can't. But I wouldn't say that all bad circumstances come from God, because God is a good God, and He gives a parallel of if you're a, a human and you love your kids, how much more will a heavenly Father take care of you? He says, "Look at the birds. Look at the look at uh, look at everything around you. It's all taken care of. Don't worry. See, a, a father brings peace to a situation." Am I right? A definition of a father is is, it's a destruction of all chaos. It's someone that brings peace into a situation. Listen, fathers, if you're not peaceful at home, the whole house isn't going to be peaceful. Because it's a part of a father to bring peace in the home. You can tell when you're stressing, everybody's stressing. And how many of you know that from a father, the kids have to know that everything's all right? Come on, somebody. A father doesn't need to sit down with their six-year-old kid and say, listen, we have no money in the bank. We don't know how we're going to make it. No, that's not part of a father. A father brings peace and says, it's going to be all right. See, a father lets them know there's an inheritance in this house. It doesn't matter how much money we got in the bank. You're rich because you're my kid. You're God's kid. Come on, somebody. Fathers have to bring peace into the home. It's not the father's job to bring their work home. Come on, somebody. Slamming the doors and getting mad. No, it's a father's job to step into the house and say, no, everything's going to be good. Remember when you were little and you were scared of the dark? What would you do? You'd run to your, your parents' house. You know, my kids, they would, they would run to me if they're scared to, in the dark of the dark, and they would run. they just lay by me, and they're good. You know, God doesn't want you to ever change being a child to him. There are times that you might get fearful. There are times that you might get scared. But you know what we need to do? We need to go straight to God because He's our Father, just like a little kid that says, "Listen, this is freaky." You run; they run to their parents' room. That's what you need to do with your Father because He's sitting there waiting. He's not going to turn you away. He's going to give you peace. How many of you believe that? You know, it's one thing to know that God is our Father; it's a whole other thing to live like it. You know, the the Bible gives this um, gives us this picture of. There are people that believe in God, and then there are people that that believe God is a father. Then there are people that believe God uh, in a, in, a, in a distorted way, and 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 the Bible uh, the Bible shows us this picture of somebody that is a son versus a slave. Now think of what it is to be a slave. To be a slave is to be in captivity. It's to be. Uh, 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 dominated it's to to just do what you're told uh, it's no inheritance with a slave there's no there's no uh there's th- th- it's just you're hired and God says this is the difference this is how I know this is how I know if you've really received me as your father there's someone that feels like a son and then there's someone that feels like a slave now some of you you know that word slavery that is a that is a very You know, we tiptoe around this word because we have history of this kind of uh, evil. But God says, I want you to look at it, living for God, living for God, uh, knowing him, trying to do this God thing. Either you're going to be in peace as a son or you're going to be captive like a slave. I don't know about you, but I want to be free like a son. How many of you say, I want to be a son or a daughter? I don't want, see, see, Christianity, if you try to do it without knowing that God is your father, you end up living a life in slavery. And everything you do is out of the wrong motives, and and, and it's because a lot of times there are people that haven't had the right identity or right uh, earthly father, and they find themselves struggling, a son, or a slave? Are you acting like a son or a slave when it comes to God? When it comes to His presence, is He just your Savior, or have you seen Him as your Father? Because a slave sees God as someone that's just a boss. A son sees God as someone that's a father and a friend. See, a, a slave will see God like He's a boss; He's just going to tell me what to do. But but a son will see a relationship of a of a friend and a father. It's it's a whole other thing. You see. How do do you know when you see your heavenly father as a friend? I can tell you, those kind of people, they take ownership. Because your boss is not just your boss, your boss is your daddy. And those that really feel that and know that, you begin to take ownership. You take ownership at your job. You take ownership at church. You take ownership, why? Because you have this sense and you know that everything that God has worked for belongs to you. Come on. Everything that God has done there is an inheritance and it lays it's laid up for you. How many of you are glad that God has given you inheritance? See, a slave will have you owe me mentality. A son will have I'll take ownership mentality. A slave will say no, you owe me. You owe me because because you're the boss and you just no 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 but somebody that sees God as a friend and a father you're saying it all belongs to me anyway come on somebody there is an inheritance that's laid up see you're either trying to work you're trying to work for God or you're either working with God and the feeling of just working for God that's you find yourself in slavery number 2 a slave finds approval by keeping the rules. A son is confident in his relationship with his father. This is big for people. This is big for people because when you see God as your Savior but you don't see God as your father, then all you can do is try to keep the rules. And when you don't keep the rules and you have failed, you feel condemnation and you feel a weight. But there is, a, there is this thing that comes from knowing that, that you're, you have this relationship with your father and it's called trust. See, a slave will bring fear. Slavery will bring fear, but sonship, it brings freedom. There's a trust that comes from God when you know that I have this relationship. See, a son trusts in God's timing, but a slave doubts and becomes jealous. I'm going to say it again. A son will trust in God's timing, but a slave will not trust God, and they will begin to get jealous. See, jealousy only comes from believing that it can't happen to you. How many of you know when somebody else gets blessed, you should get excited? Why? Because God is not a respecter of person. And instead of getting bitter, see, the prodigal son, a lot of people focus on the prodigal son as the father and the son that left off and spent all his inheritance. But God was trying to get a clearer picture around. The clearer picture was there was a son at home that when the son came back into the house, he got jealous and he got bitter. He said, why aren't you doing this for me? And why do you, but somebody that's a son. See, the first child represented somebody that just they, they feel like they're working for God. They feel like they're all it is is about the rules. And, and either I will, I will be good enough for you to bless me or I won't be good enough for you. How many of you know that he's going to finish the work that he started in you? And when you, whenever you're a son, you're saying, listen, my heavenly father is going to teach me. He's going to give me the steps. He's going to show me his love. He's going to show me his mercy. How many of you want to be a, a son in the house of God? See, a son... Will find a confidence. See, uh, a slave li- lives under com- condemnation and fear. Uh, working for approval. How many of you know we don't work for approval with God? We work from approval. Quit trying to do things to get God's approval. God's already approved you, you're his son. My children, when I see them, I don't think, well, you know what? You got to really work for me to to really approve you. No, you're already approved. And when you know that you're already approved, it gives you the power, it gives you the power to obey. See, some people feel like obedience is an obligation, but a son will say, "No, obedience comes from cuz I love and I trust my father." So, some people try to obey by saying, "If I obey, then maybe God will be pleased with me. Maybe he'll, uh, I'll have his approval. But a son says, I already have his approval because he's my father, and so it's easy to obey. How many of you know that God wants to break religion off of our life? God wants to break the thing off of your life that feels like you have to measure up to get God's approval. It's just the opposite. Before Jesus did anything in his ministry, God said, look at my son who I'm well pleased my beloved, who I'm well pleased. Before you do anything, God's already you already got God's approval. He loves you because He's your your son, His son or daughter. How many of you are thankful for that? Man, I'm thankful that I have a father that believes in me. This is what it says in Romans eight fourteen. Are y'all okay? Well, I can get somebody to come up and play because I, I want to have some good um, altar time today. Romans 8:14 says for all that are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. So if you not if you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves instead say instead you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. This is another level. This is a a intimate way of saying father. It's like daddy in the Greek for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children and since we are his children we are his heirs how many of you are proud of that in fact together with Christ we are heirs of God's glory but if we are to share in his glory we must also share in his suffering God is saying this he's saying listen you've got the spirit of God in you that makes you, gives you an inheritance How many of you know that your inheritance comes from knowing your father, your heavenly father, not as just savior. I'm so thankful that he saved us. I'm so thankful that we're going to heaven, but I'm very thankful that we have a father that gives us an inheritance on this earth. And when we go to God, we have to know that he's protecting us. When we go to God, we have to know that he's providing for us. When we go to God, we have to trust that we have an everlasting father. An everlasting father. See, how do you know if you really received the love of the father? How do you know? Because there is a clear word in the Bible that says, this is how I know that you have the love of the father in you. And it says this. It says this in John. John 2.15. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. For when you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. What does the love of the world mean? The love of the world is, if you want to just get the bottom line, it's just all about you. What is the love of the world? See, this is what God says. You know if the love of the Father is in you or not. By if it's all about you or not. So how do I know if I've really seen God as my Father... You know that you've seen God as your father when it stops becoming just about you. When you have, you know, it's all about me, it's all about me, it's all about me, it's because, because it's you're still in God's just my savior mindset and God's not my father mindset because, because you haven't seen that he's taking care of you and he's given you an inheritance and he shed his blood for you so that you have a contract to live in faith and you believe that he is a father Instead, you can come to a place where, where you don't really, truly believe. You don't really, truly believe. And so when you don't believe and you don't have faith that he's your father, you feel like you have to take everything on your own. And when you have to take everything on your own, it's all about you. Well, I got to do this. I got to get this done. I got to. I got to work for this, and I got to. maybe, maybe I'll please God. I'm not sure, but maybe I got to. I got to get all. I, and it's all about you. And the Bible says this is your litmus test. For if you've received the love of the Father, it says if the love of the world, is about me and what I feel and what I think and. I got to worry about my thing. I'm not going to believe that God's my protector. He's my provider. He brings peace in my life. I'm not going to believe that He blesses my life. I'm not going to really, I'm not going to put my trust in God. I got to put my trust in me. And God says, listen, when there's only trust in you and it's all about you, there's no room for the Father. There's no room for the father's love. And maybe, maybe some of you have been in a place when you were little and your dad didn't show up or your mom didn't show up. And you felt like, I got to do this. I don't have a parent. And there's something in the back of your mind, the enemy speaking to your mind that says, you're going to always have to do it by yourself. You're always going to have to take care of just you. Begin to look at you and just you take care of you. Because if you don't take care of you, nobody else is going to take care of you. And the enemy will whisper in your ear and you'll say, yeah, God's my father, but you don't live like it. You don't go to him. See, you know, you know when he's your father because when the love of God comes in you, then the love of God will come through you. You will know that you have a father in heaven by the love comes in you and you can't help but be a son and take ownership of his kingdom and bring the love of the father through you. It is the power of the gospel. It's not just what God can do for us. It is about how can I love those that are the least of these. How can I share with them the gospel. That's how you know if you have accepted your God as your father. You're like, man, he loves me so much. I don't have to feel like I have to tell people about God. I get to tell people about God. I don't feel like I have to go to life group. Man, I want to because he loves me and and I believe in him and I believe the promises that he has in store for me and he can use me. Wait, the kingdom belongs to me. Those that are a child, those that are childlike, the kingdom belongs to me. Signs and wonders can come from me. He can use my life. I don't have to be a part of the crowd. I can be a part of a crew that loves God. That is another level. That is another level. When you say, I'm not going to church for me, I'm going to church for him. Because I've accepted God. It will wreck your world. When you see God looking at you when you're lying in bed. When you see God protecting you when you're scared. When you see God taking care of you and you get a revelation that he is a good father. You can't help but have this love in you. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't it the only thing that's eternal? Eternal Father, everlasting Father. It's the only thing that we bring with us. The only thing we bring with us is faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these. If you can move the mountains and you can heal the sick, but you don't have love, you have nothing. If you don't have the love of the Father... You're trying to find yourself, find who God is. When you find out who your father is, you begin to look, man, I look like him. Look at the fruit in my life. Look at the inheritance. And you begin to walk like your father. And you begin to talk like your father. And you become into the image of your father. And he all along, Jesus came on the earth to demonstrate one thing. He said, I'm going to show the father. I'm going to give it all. I'm going to show the Father, this is who your daddy is right here. I'm going to give it all. I'm going to love people. It's not about being the king. It's not about being in the palace and have people serving me and pointing fingers. I'm just going to wash feet. Jesus, our Father, the King, the Creator of the universe, didn't say, come serve me. He said, how can I serve you? Your identity should come as a good and faithful servant. Come on, have you lost the love of your father? Have you begin to lose that he's there for you, that he's loving for you? Because today you need to just accept that, man, I was born in my father's house. He's taking care of me. He's got a great inheritance for me. He's got a great future for me. Maybe you feel like you're stuck in the middle. Listen, if you feel like you're stuck in the middle, know that God is going to get you to the other side. If you're stuck in the middle, maybe God is waiting for you to acknowledge that the only way that you can get to the other side is by him. Him being your father. Him causing you to get to the other side. You're striving so hard. You're striving so hard. But you need to relax because you have a father. My kids learn to swim. What they have to learn to do when they get thrown in the deep end is to relax. Chill. Relax. I'm right here. I'm not going to let you drown. Relax. Now move your arms. Slowly, chill. Don't hyperventilate. You'll drown. Chill. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. And God is wanting to tell you today, I'm right here. I'm right here. Quit flaring your arms and freaking out. I'm right here. I'm going to take care of you. And that thing that I promised of you, you've aborted that thing because you thought you had to bring it by yourself. No, I'm going to do that thing. Listen, when I whisper to your ear, no, it's not because I'm trying to be a tyrant. I'm whispering into your ear because when you obey and do that thing with me, I think it's another level. It's one thing when a father goes and hunts and kills a deer. It's a whole other thing when they bring their child and show them how to do it. (laughs) I love watching those videos of the kids. You know, the father is just as proud, if not more proud, that their daughter, their son shot that deer. Why? Because he wants to do something with his son. God wants to work with us. And today, and today, if you say, you know what, I've been viewing my my God is not really my father. Just somebody that gets me out of trouble. Just somebody that just saves me and gets me out of my worst. And and, and, and I believe that He, you know, He's good, but, but it's all about me. No. He's an eternal father. And the only thing that we can do today. The only thing that we're going to bring with us to heaven, the main thing, is receiving the love of the Father. You say, I got to live, I got to love God more. No, you don't. You got to see His love for you. I got to know how to, I got to love. Let me love God. He said, No, you can only love me because I first loved you. And today you might be striving to love God. I got to love God more, but I got to do more. I got to create more. I got to lead more. He's like, No, no. Just see my love for you. See my love for you. Because I first loved you. And when you see my love for you, my love will come through you. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let's sum up the whole Bible in two sentences. It's very easy. Accept the love of the Father and live out love in this life. Because it's the only thing that will last. It's the only thing that's eternal how many of you want to start today you want to start today there's some of you in here maybe you need to say today I believe in God but I need a new perception of my eternal father some of you are here today and you need the father's love because in this time You're going through a difficult time in the holidays. Although it can be a joyful time, for many it can be a very sad time because you're thinking of a lost one or somebody that you're missing in this holiday. I believe that God wants to wrap his arms around you and let you know that he's an eternal father. God says, listen. He says, listen. We don't weep like those that are in the world because there's a family reunion coming. I'm coming back. And those that you left, you just need to feel my love. You need to feel my trust because you're going to see that loved one very soon. Come on, I love in the Message Bible. I love in the Message Bible when God says, hey, I'm going to come back. I am going to. I don't want you to be ignorant of these things in 1 Thessalonians 4, 15. He says, I'm going to come back, and we're going to be a huge family, and we're going to have a family reunion together. Aren't you glad that we serve an eternal God? I want to have some time to pray for you today. And I would love for Pastor Paul and Pastor Jim to come pray for us as well. Because although they've lived tragedy in this time, they understand that their father is eternal, and there's going to be a family reunion. I want to have two altar calls today Simultaneously I want one If you say, you know what, I just need a I want another perception of who my father is I should come on this side today And if you say, you know what To be honest, I'm trying to get through these holidays I, I'm, I'm hurting on the inside Because of I lost a loved one or You know, these days Reminds me of what I don't have And, and if we can Come on this side. If everybody can stand up right where they are. We're going to do this today. If you say, you know what? I need a new perception of my Father. Maybe you've had it. Maybe you lost it. Maybe you said, you know, I used to believe, I used to trust, but I've just been striving to do things in my own strength. Come on, today, God's seeing your faith. God's saying, hey, go down and begin to have faith and that you'll have a revelation that I'm your Father. Come on, it's gonna bring peace. It's gonna bring joy in this time. Come on, you can come on down right, right while I'm speaking. Come on down. If you say, I need, I need some, some, some for God to touch me in this time because I've lost a loved one. Come over on this side. And if you said, you know what, I need a right perception of my father, I want you to come over here. And and if Pastor Paul and Pastor Jen, if you can just, if you want to say anything, fine, but. But in this time, even if you're out there, I just want you to come on down. And uh, he's going to pray over us for those that are going through a difficult time in this season, in these holidays. And he has an anointing on his life, Pastor Jen's life, because what they've gone through is nothing short of a miracle. And uh, I want him to be able to encourage some of you today that are going through a difficult time. And we're just going to pray. We're going to get in God's presence today. And it's his presence where we get the right perception. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, before I pray for you, I just, uh, I've got a little testimony I want to share with you real quick. Last week. didn't really know what was going on at the time and then uh so they brought her to the emergency room she stayed unconscious for six days they had her on a respirator Thursday we had to make the hard decision to take her off of the respirator didn't know what was going to happen we were expecting the worst but that's what I've been dealing with all week, you know, during these holidays, among the, the other things that has been going on. Well, yesterday I get a phone call at uh, about 8 o'clock in the morning from my sister who was there with my mom and said she woke up and she wants coffee and she wants to go home. And it was really a, a great miracle, but there's still a lot of work that God needs to do in her life. I just got, a, uh, I just got another text just a while ago, my same sister was up there, and she uh, sent me a picture of my mom drinking her coffee, so that was a, a big plus, and uh, she's actually eating a little bit, so don't ever give up think that God can't show up and do a miracle and this just may be but for a short time but at least I get to talk to my mom and she knows who I am and we know where she is and we get to have a, a good conversation with even if God decides to take her it's much more comforting to know that we didn't have to make that decision and uh, not be able to talk to her and so I just want to thank God for this opportunity and I just want you to know that God is with you, you know, uh, it's been several years, Uh, I lost my my dad almost ten years ago, I lost my son seven years ago, and uh, these holidays can be a very stressful time, and uh, I just want you to know that God loves you, and it's not about, you know, yes, you have to forgive, yes, you have to move on, and all those things are good. But the biggest thing is what Pastor Evan was talking about this morning, is just knowing who our Father is. Knowing that He loves you and He never wants you to be alone. He never wants you to feel depressed. He always wants you to know that there's hope. So as we pray for you today, I want you to pray knowing that there's always hope, that God is there and that God has a plan, and He's going to use the situation, whatever the pain you're going through, whatever the situation Although God may not have caused it, he will use it to better your life. Amen? And I want you to know that today, that when you leave here today, you're leaving with hope that God is going to use you, just like I'm able to stand before you today and say God is real, and God can heal you, and God can fill those void places in your heart. Are you going to miss them? Absolutely. Are you still going to think about it? Yes. We know that God is able to heal And God is able to use these situations To help others And that's always been our prayer Is God, if you can use this situation So that we can help others Then we'll be your vessel Use us And that's what I want your prayer to be today Not that God will just heal you And it'll be for you But that God will use you Amen So I just want you to lift your hands As high as you can right now And I just want you to surrender to God receive his peace receive his joy And Jennifer you can go up and begin to lay hands on them and pray but as she touches you I just want you to receive the peace of God Father we love you God we thank you that we can call you Father that you are the true Father that you are there for us that you never leave us you never forsake us you never give up on us God God I thank you that you are the God of hope I thank you that you are the God of joy, of peace. I thank you that you are the God of victory. And God, I pray right now, Lord, that as we are standing before you today with our arms lifted high, God, as we surrender to you, God, that you would come in, that you would fill that void. God, that you would touch us from heaven, God, and heal our hearts, God, heal our emotions, God heal our bodies, Father. God, we thank you, Lord. We receive it today, Lord, not only for ourselves, God, that we wouldn't take it selfishly, God, and that we wouldn't just desire to be healed so that we can be healed, God, but that we would be healed so that we can heal others, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that today an anointing is coming on our lives, God, to let your spirit, let your anointing, let your healing power flow through us into others, God. And we thank you, God, and we give you all the glory, all the honor, Lord, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. If we're going to continue to pray for those. Come on, let's, let's worship our Heavenly Father. I want to be able to pray for those that came down to the altar. We're going to play a worship song. Just lift your hands and and begin to acknowledge God as your eternal, your everlasting Father today.